superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. What do you hear? What do you say? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What do you think of when you see that toll booth scene again? If there were no girls on this set, I wouldn't have done it. What do you mean? I got an image here. James (laughs) Kahn, you are the best for doing this. Today's guests, singer and 49ers fan, Asher Roth. Host of the Cinephile podcast, Adnan Verk. Plus, host and reporter, Daniel Robe. And now... Here's Ben Lyons. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ben Lyons. I am honored, humbled, excited, thrilled to be back in the big chair for another week this summer. Hey. You guys are welcoming me back. We didn't burn it down last time, huh? Look at that. We're still standing. I can't thank you enough. Been looking forward to this week all year long. Uh, I love showing up here. I'm going to be here every day this week, 9 o'clock on the West Coast, pulling into the Rich Eisen Show studios. And everybody's on brand. It's like walking into a time warp. You know, it's like everybody is just doing a, like the cartoon version of themselves. First of all, I never knew that TJ had like an iced out goat around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that glimmering in the <laughs> marina did, dew this morning. The sun, the dew. One time this for the last two hours, he didn't even mention. <laughs> it. I, I was just so blinded by it. He's, he's paparazziing me when I pull up in my rental car. Like I'm already on camera. We're making content. So TJ, very on brand. Jay, fresh from the set of Fast Ten. Hey. <laughs> yeah, a Biza with Vin Diesel went well this year. Good. No, it's a Biza. Yeah, a Biza. Excuse me. Yeah, don't, get it, don't get it twisted. TJ's lighting candles. TJ also, of course, when he found out that Asher Roth was going to be on the show. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the I Love College video. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, Asher's been my friend for 25 years. I used to hand out his CDs. <laughs> Very on-brand performance from T.J. Jefferson. And then we get to Brockman, who tells me about how he hates Carl Anthony Towns, would never pick him up and pick up. That's he said that, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's got the Red Sox hat on. He's all psyched from the big comeback last night. We're only 14 back. Didn't talk NBA Finals once. You know, we didn't talk any Boston Celtics. Well, what is there to yeah, say? Yeah, see, very on brand. Didn't want to get into that. We talk so much basketball. <laughs> oh, I have something to say about your Celtics, NBA stuff. I got something to say about your Celtics. going to win the title this year? Well, I'm not going to say that, but I, I do have something We're to say. way better than Philadelphia. That's and Adam in the back looking like Broke Zuckerberg. So everybody is on brand. <laughs> everybody is on brand. And a lot's happened since I've been gone. You know, uh, TJ and I have crushed a lot of rigatoni together over at Stella Barra. We watched some great uh, NFL playoff games yes, and we... some NBA action. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Well, you're always on dad duty. Every time yeah. I, I email you to do anything, you gotta, I got hit with like three assistants. You're like on a Palm Pilot. You're like figuring out your schedule. You got to tweet them. I mean, you got to um, beep them, bro. That's I mean, I can fit you in. I'm just saying. Give me a heads up. First of all, yeah. bro, you're not going to come from the valley the whole way to deep in Santa Monica to have uh, pizza and uh, pasta. It's delicious rigatoni. You don't know that. <laughs> So it's not as famous as the Carbone Rigatoni, but it's oh, a very no. good Rigatoni. We watched the, the, that Bills-Chiefs playoff Oh, my playoff God, that was one together. of the all-timers, huh? That was a great game, that Bills-Chiefs playoff game. Which I'm pretty sure I said with, like, two minutes left, I'm like, there's going to be, like, three more touchdowns today. And <laughs> yeah. there were. It was. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you ordered some calamari then as well. But a lot has <laughs> happened, guys. The LA Rams are Super Bowl champions. Brockman and I went to uh, the the Death Star that is the, uh, the SoFi Stadium. We went to the game. I talked to you after the game I because guess- during the game I couldn't hear you. Right. And uh, we saw the goat Tom we Brady in his cheekbones throw a touchdown pass uh, in in person. So I checked that off the sports bucket list. But I feel like. You know, as a long-suffering L.A. Rams fan, I didn't get the respect I deserve as a Super Bowl champion coming back to these studios. Like, no one is talking (laughs) about how after years and years of putting up with traffic on the 405... Like I finally got a Super Bowl, and, and nobody even mentions it around here. Guys. I, can, a I, can tell show, you, guys. I can tell you why probably no one mentioned it. It's because nobody knew you were a Rams fan. Oh, my God. You this. haven't heard about my spiritual journey, The Quest? I have not. You have, this is like uh, <laughs> TJ no, Miller on that show where he goes off for Aviato or whatever. This is- last summer when you were here, it was all about your diehard Laker fandom because Carmelo Anthony died. <laughs> it's tough season. That is true. <laughs> tough season for my purple and gold this year. But Ben also did say that the Niners should just stick with Jimmy G last year and they did that we're gonna get to that with asher ross who's the biggest 49ers fan i know so i was like you know what first segment out of the gate first interview let's bring in the biggest 49ers (laughs) fan i know so you can remind everyone how on this show last year i said the niners should stick with jimmy g they did they went to the nfc championship game i just want to put that out there ash roth the blonde will come on at uh 9 20 to talk about that (laughs) but you know i i was a, a a lifelong diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. I grew up in New York City in the 80s and 90s. How could this possibly be? Well, as you guys know, my sports hero happens to be my dad, who is New York City's biggest Boston Red Sox fan. So for years and years, I would see him suffer and entire subway cars would chant, Boston sucks, Lions sucks, which really imprints you as an 11-year-old. And (laughs) like, wait, that's me. (laughs) And I saw him, you know, get four World Series. So I idolized my dad. So I fell in love with the Philadelphia Eagles. When Randall Cunningham... Uh, was comeback player of the year. He had a devastating injury early in his career, missed like a whole season, came back the next year. I think it was a Monday night game in 92 or something. It's both teams, the Cowboys and uh, the Eagles are 4-0 on Monday night football, and the Eagles go down into Dallas and they put on a show. They're wearing the clean whites. Randall goes for a touchdown the first drive. They end up on the cover of Sports Illustrated the next week, 5-0. and I'm like, this is my team. I so I that. stuck with the Eagles. I loved them growing up. I got to see some great football. Sadly, I went to the last game at the Vet where Joe Jaravicious scored two touchdowns and Ja Rule got booed at halftime. Job, baby. <laughs> that was awful, and they lost all those <laughs> NFC title games, but I stuck with them. And then they made it to a Super Bowl. And despite T.O. with aluminum rods in his leg, they couldn't get it done against Tom Brady. Andy Reid still waiting for the hurry-up offense in the fourth quarter. So I stuck with it for years. And then I went to a Monday night football game in 2000, I want to say 14 or 15, 15, down in Philadelphia. And I've told this story before. It felt like I was on the set of Mad Max. There was tra- trash cans on fire and just people being violent in the parking lot. And I just said to myself, this, this is not my tribe. I'm a positive guy. Hopefully, <laughs> if you're listening or watching this week or hanging out with us uh, on SiriusXM or Westwood One or the Odyssey app or on Peacock or you find our clips on YouTube or wherever we are, you hopefully realize, hey, that guy, Ben, probably, I didn't really like him Monday morning, but by Friday, he seems like he a positive, aight. nice guy. He that would be nice if that worked out. Right? I'm a positive person. So all this negative energy, you guys, they sell crab fries. There's not even crabs on the fries. Like The place is garbage. <laughs> so I denounced my fandom to the Philadelphia Eagles. I went out to the beach. I had a seance. I went in the water. It was a whole thing. I wept. It was, it was really a lot. Wow. And signed up for the Rams. 
first play in L.A. after 20 years in St. Louis. Some schmendrake from the Cowboys runs it back to the house for a touchdown. And I was like, okay, I'm getting in for rock bottom, right? <laughs> the first play back in L.A. in the Coliseum after 20 years, the first play? The guy runs it back for a touchdown. Right? That's rock bottom, right? <laughs> Jeff Fisher saying we're going not eight and eight, not nine and seven or whatever on hard knocks. And they go four and 12. That was, was all right. So I feel like I got it. He was bad. And then the Eagles go on to win a Super Bowl. Oh my God. What an opportunity to bail from this plan. This disastrous <laughs> soul change. I don't want to tell anybody about this. I went out to the beach, but nobody knows. So I became a Rams fan despite the Eagles winning. And then I saw the footage. Of that Eagles fan eating horse manure in the streets of Philadelphia the night they won the Super Bowl. And I said, I am confirming my feeling that this is not my thing. <laughs> Google that, Brockman. Google Eagles fan horse oh, I manure. I don't, Super I don't Bowl. want, I don't there want to do go. that. It, it happened, Chris. It and so that was a reminder. And then I stuck with it. And then Jared Goff and, and, they, and the babyface quarterback lost to, to TB12. And, and I stuck with it, you guys. I persevered. I put in all those hours taking the Metro. It's not as easy, Garcetti, as you think it is to get down to the games. I'm sorry. And so I finally I finally got the Super Bowl ring and not even a mention from anybody. Nothing. Well, allow, <laughs> let me to clarify that wrong. Congratulations on your Super Bowl. Thank event. you very much, yes, CJ. I'm an actual, I hope you get one in your lifetime again. Oh, soon. I will in February. I'm an actual season ticket holder. Like, congratulate me. <laughs> I feel like you go for fantasy implications, <laughs> and you made me do something at the football game that I will never do again. Oh, no. Oh, my God. When this remember, happened, I, I was, like, this, so horrified. And you said it with such conviction, and I was your guest, and so we had to do it. Peer pressure. Mr. T would not be happy. <laughs> I pay the fool. You're like, we got to play the 50-50. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I spent spent $100 on lottery tickets at a football game? Yo, it was like 200 grand. (laughs) He has an addiction, Ben. Oh, got to play 50-50, bro. Hey, give me 100 bucks. Ben moment. Oh, what? Ben Lyons, here's the deal. He has, he has do you addiction. ever play the lottery? I occasionally will buy a scratch-off game if it's one of those games that takes more than just three scratches. Like, I want a bingo <laughs> that's going to get me about nine minutes of entertainment for my $1. Here's, here's Mega, the thing. Mega's 440 this week. I bought like $10 yeah, worth last exactly. night. exactly. And you know so. what your odds of winning that are? Basically zero. Oh. Zero. Your odds of winning are zero. Why You're not going to win. Someone's going to win. Here's the deal, though. At a football game, when you play the 50-50... There's only 70,000 people at the game. Someone is going to win. One in 70,000, much better than one in three trillion. Okay, he does when have he, a point there. Okay. He's got but when, he, when you have a system and you're approaching the 50-50, it's too intense for me already. Yeah, right. We're already at a football game. Everyone's being the worst version of themselves already. <laughs> we're eating garbage. We're yelling at people to hurt each other. Like, we need some positive. We don't need to then just we, lose another way, 100 hours. Ben and I slammed like two 32-ounce Modellos. It was like... So fast. And you don't even drink like that. And I don't even drink like that. (laughs) Oh, that's why you did the 50-50 blaming it on the Modellos? Are you going to do it again this year? Are you going to go back to SoFi? Are you going to watch the defending champs try and defend? Banner night. Let's go. That's going to be a big one. We'll see the place the rest of the season. He's going to sell his tickets. But I I, I joke about my own experience (laughs) as a a Rams fan and the lack of respect that that I've gotten from this crew of derelicts. But I think that's actually (laughs) the sentiment around the sport and around the league. Nobody is really talking like you have to go through L.A. in order to get to the Super Bowl. Nobody, everybody's, you know, talking about a million other storylines and moves and trades and people who haven't moved. And we'll get into all that this week. I want to get into Russ and Denver and, and a lot of stuff. 
But nobody's talking about the Rams and how good they are and how they've been knocking at the door pretty much every year since they've been here. And I'm fired up for them to repeat. I think they are going to repeat. And I think that, you know, it's about time that people start talking about the Rams as we head into this football season. Wait, you're ju- you just called a repeat? You're yeah, right here. You're shot right yep, now? The way that Rich calls World Series games in June, I'm calling <laughs> Super Bowl games in July. Wow, the Rams are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, sixth betting favorite right now, 12 to 1. Okay, that tells you everything you need to know. First of all, Vegas always puts the LA teams a little higher up than they should be because they know guys like Jay take the Maserati out to Vegas and they put money in, right? <laughs> but then... They're sixth now? <laughs> that means they really should be like ninth in their eyes. So they're inflating them up to six. So right now, Bills are your betting favorite. Uh, they're about uh, six or seven to one, depending on where you uh, have your action. Uh, the Bucks are second, followed by the Chiefs. Chargers 10 to one. They're not even the favorite in their own stadium. Chargers tend to. Okay, I, I I didn't know if I was like had any meat on the bone for this first segment of like oh Ben's not getting respect because uh-huh. he's a Ram fan. All oh, the Rams aren't. Whole this validates my theory on the drive over here this morning. Are you kidding me? The Chargers are favored over the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Packers and Rams. Be a crazy week, you guys. Twelve to one. <laughs> this is gonna be. Let me ask you: one. What are the Arizona Cardinals odds? Because statistically speaking, and we're in the statistics, they are going to win the Super Bowl this year based upon what we've seen the last two. Yeah, seasons. yeah. Back to back home team winning. Yeah. Let's see. We got Ravens and Niners eighteen to one. Bengals, Broncos, 20 to 1. Cowboys, 22 to That's 1. That's way too low. All right, once we get to Cowboys Super Bowl odds Ooh. in July, we know it's time to go to break. Oh, uh, we've got <laughs> Asher Roth coming up on the show today. Adnan Verk is going to be uh, hanging out, talking a little tennis. He's a big Roger Federer guy, so I wonder how he's dealing with all the Joker stuff. My friend Danielle Robe was out at uh, WNBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago, which looked like a vibe, so she's going to give us KP, some stories MVP. from Chicago. It should be a lot of fun. And you know, yesterday I was out on the golf course, you guys, my friend Sam, she hits bombs, she plays Callaway, every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but I saw it in person yesterday. <laughs> this woman hits bombs. Callaway's new Rogue ST driver, she had one of those, is the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, TSC, which gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. So many acronyms, but that's just the beginning because Callaway has engineered a Rogue ST for every player. Most golfers will fit into the max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness, but there's also Max D, their dedicated draw model for players who need more shape correction. Now, if you need something more low spin. They say I'm like Mike Trout on the golf course. I hit these low drives. (laughs) There's Max LS, which gives you stronger, another acronym, trajectory with a more neutral ball flight. But for the true players out there, players play, right, TJ? The Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS is the compact low spin head that the tour players love. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed. So all you have to do is go to Rogue, find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash Go Rogue. Asher Roth talking 49ers next. Ben Lyons filling in all week on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Got a big show on, on hand today. I'm excited that Adnan Virk's going to be calling a little bit. We'll talk a little uh, Major League Baseball. We've got Red Sox-Yankees from last night. Brockman and my dad fired up. Fenway Park fired, rocking fired up, in July. Looked great. And uh, and then Danielle Robe was out at WNBA All-Star festivities in Chicago, which looked like a real vibe. Sue Bird saying goodbye to the W. And uh, yeah, a, a really cool moment. We're back on the Rich Eisen Show all week long. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. A really cool moment yesterday out in Chicago. Uh, Candace Parker, of course, in the Chicago Sky, defending champs in the dub, having a vibe out there. Chance the Rapper. Just a... I don't know, a great moment for the W honoring Sue Bird, bringing a lot of attention to Brittany Griner's situation in Russia. So uh, a really Very important necessary. moment for the WNBA this weekend. So Danielle, she covers for AT&T. She was out there hanging out, doing all this stuff. So she's going to give us uh, some stories coming up in a little bit. But do we have Asher Roth on the uh, Mercedes-Benz we phone do. lines? We do. We do. We got Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Uh, Asher Roth joining us right now. How are you, my man? Want to talk some 49ers. But then I find out that you're buddies with TJ Jefferson for like 20 years, and he was in the I Love College video. So <laughs> throwing it all out the window, dude. This is how it goes, man. And it's still baseball season for me as well. But, you know, we can always talk Niners. Yeah, but tell me about this TJ relationship. We'll talk Trey Lance and we'll talk uh, Jimmy G and how I'm I'm like the one Jimmy G fan on the planet. Um, But how do you and TJ know each other? I think it's just through the music and sports thing. You know, that connection runs long and strong. And so whenever, you know, the the, uh, artists want to be athletes and athletes want to be artists. And so... Long and strong relationship with athletics and sports. I love it. I love it. What's up, Ashroth? You know, it started back in Atlanta uh, Mm -hmm. with Scooter Braun, you know, and and Scooter had signed Asher and I was working on the show called Yo Mama down there with Wilmer Valderrama. And then we all kind of linked up and 
met Ash Roth and I was like, you know, that we just vibed. And I would have loved to have been thing. in the pitch meetings for Yo Mama. I got this show, just Yo Mama jokes. And they're like, sold. It was like a five second pitch <laughs> meeting. Um, Asher, talk to me about your 49ers. How you feeling, man? I feel good. I mean, this is the year, right? This is, this is the excitement. This is what all the speculation has led up to, right? Well, as you know, as everyone knows around the NFL, all things have to run through Los Angeles. So being that the Rams are the defending champions, what makes you think the Niners have enough to get over the top, dude? I'll give you that. I mean, even last year, just kind of running on a broken wheel, we were still able to to run to the NFC Championship. I actually got a chance to go to um, the Niners-Rams game where the Niners clinched and and beat the Rams in their home with it being kind of 70% 49er fans. And also just eyeing up the fact that I knew Ambry Thomas was going to collect that that game-sealing interception. And so that's why I feel good about it is because we shored up the secondary. We already dominate Los Angeles as far as the fan, the fan base anyway. Most of the fans in Los Angeles are 49er fans. And so I feel pretty confident going into this. It, it all rides on, on Trey Lance, and it's a big I don't know. But if, uh, you know, if it's up to me, I, I feel like that kid just looks like the Lion King. I love it. Asher Ross joining the show. He's, he's pushing his chest out, though, even though he's celebrating December wins. You know, we play football in deep into January and February down here in L.A. I get it. It's fine. Um, but are you excited about this passing of the baton at the quarterback position? Because last year I came on this show and said they should ride out this Jimmy G thing. Everyone in this room, everyone listening and watching laughed at me, and then they went to that NFC Championship game. So are you excited for what's happening at the quarterback, quarterback position with the 49ers? Yeah, I think you have to be. I mean, watching Jimmy play, there's a lot of there's a lot of good there, specifically, you know, in the system, in the Shanahan system. Uh, you know, keep in mind as we went, it, we've had a very complete team. You know, uh, our successes have be- like even last year's playoffs, we struggled against the Packers, and our struggling uh, special teams ended up actually winning that game, and defense kind of keeping Aaron Rodgers in check. So, you know, that's why I feel pretty good about it is because. I won't slander Jimmy G because coming from where we came from at the cornerback position and the stability that he brought for the most part, uh, but just it's really exciting to know what Trey Lance is capable of and his potential. And to see that this year, to watch that happen, I mean, even last year's thing and in the second half of that Texans game, uh, these are things that I think uh, could end up making sure that no championships ever go through Los Angeles ever again. <laughs> Asher Roth joining the show. I was about to say, I love this dude for his love of Jimmy G. And then he throws in a Ram shot. It's all good. Um, congratulations on the new video. I saw it on Instagram. Teammates taking it back to Little League. What kind of Little League player were you? Oh, man, I was a good one. Little center fielder. I was, I'm kind of like that vocal understanding that it's a team sport. You know, baseball is one of those things where failure, you fail often. And so it's important to keep your, your chin up, you know, and, and keep your head up. And so that was one of those things. Center fielder kind of uh, in, in, the, in the morale booster, leading off for a little bit. But then as we got older, kids just got so good. And so I moved more towards that, what we like to call a second leadoff man, you know, down there in the eighth, ninth spot to keep some, <laughs> to keep some productivity at the bottom of the lineup. But, uh, but, yeah, man, it was good to go back home to Morrisville and just be around and and see that that Little League field that we were really responsible for, our Little League baseball team was pretty good, and it was around the time where there was, you know, 
uh, sponsorship and radio funds coming in, and the radio station traveled with us when we went to states, and some of that money went back into the ballpark. So good, nice little scoreboard and uh, just a, a good-looking uh, little league field there in Morrisville, Pennsylvania. I love the record, and I love the video, and I love how sports have the power to try to transport us to our childhood, and I feel like your music has always had sports references, sports uh, you know, uh, moments from your life as a fan that you then bring to your music. So just describe for, for the audience sort of your unique fandom because you, like TJ, are one of these guys who roots for like a strange collection of teams. That's right. Well, most of my teams are – so it's, it's 49ers and San Francisco Giants because my father's a West Coast kid. So he basically was like, hey, man, you know, Bill Walsh is the guy and Willie Mays is the best baseball player of all time. So the rest is on you. And so being born <laughs> 85, uh, it was it was really nice because, you know, I grew up watching Barry Bonds and, you know, uh, uh, Matt Williams and those guys. And so easy to root for. And kind of same thing with the 49ers. You're kind of told Bill Walsh is the guy you're growing up. And then in 94, I'm nine years old and Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ricky Waters, Ken Norton Jr., Gary Plummer, like these guys, you're just like, these these teams were easy to root for, and then and then you get tested, you know, when you're when you're growing up, and the teams go to the doldrums, and it's it's pretty it's pretty hard uh, when they're in the cellar, but that's kind of what makes the fan, right? No, you definitely live the real fan life, and I know as a fan of of sports and basketball, you you must have loved seeing Steph Curry win the Finals MVP because that video of him doing your record makes the rounds. Like I saw that two weeks ago <laughs> and thought of you. Yeah, you already know, man. I mean, it's nice too because. I mean, Steph was kind of counted out uh, coming into the league, you know, too small, et cetera, et cetera. He's really, really kind of impacted the game on much larger scale than I think anybody anticipated. And I think you were starting to see that chatter after this championship where people were starting to say, let's, let's give Steph his flowers. So, you know, and again, as artists, that's kind of what you want to do. I mean, I'm sure athletes, there's only so much you can do. But as artists, we want to come in and kind of, impact changed the landscape a little bit and uh you know steph was able to do that in athletics so it's it's hard not to admire it asher roth joining the show ben lyons filling in for rich all week long on the rich eisen show biggest 49ers fan i know so i had to have him to set off the week and, and get into this football stuff but talk to me about what it's like to go to a game as asher roth like are you sitting in the nosebleeds like i did when i saw joe jaravicious <laughs> score two touchdowns in the last game at the vet and ja rule got booed at halftime job, or are you going with like the fly guy pass and you're eating ceviche you know i honestly prefer i prefer the nosebleeds i really do now there's a little bit of both. Obviously, uh, I try to, you know, get the hookup when I can, specifically for baseball games. It's, it's kind of nice to sit close and see what these pitchers are up to. You know, football games for me are still kind of made for TV, so I'm there more for the tailgate, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, going to the games, I mean, you throw a hat on and you chill and, you, and, and be up there in the, in the what are now 400s. They used to be the 700 level, but that's kind of my favorite place to watch uh, to watch sports just because you see it all and you just get to hang out with the real ones. If you had a resume, a sports fan resume, what would be on there as the game maybe you're most proud to have attended? The, most, the game that I'm most proud to have attended in my sports resume would honestly probably have been this Ohio State-Michigan game out there in, uh, in Michigan was just probably the rowdiest being in the big house, too, is just like an experience. You know, those things aren't luxurious. You know, it's just like concrete seating and everyone packed into a place. And so I would probably say Ohio State-Michigan rivalry game. This was maybe 2018. That was probably the most impactful sports uh, 
um, event that I had been to personally. Just to see that energy and just to be a part of something so iconic and big, despite yeah, the result of that game. But yeah. Exactly. It's a little bit different. And so that, that stuff in you know, college football specifically as well, we don't need to get too far into it with the NFL, but you know, college football and, and what that culture is and what that represents to places when you go, go down to like Ole Miss or Mississippi State or you see what, what the SEC means. I mean, again, what TJ had mentioned about being down in Atlanta, that was the first time I really got put on to like you know, Georgia football and that being a religion and what Saturday meant. And so being able to experience that on, on multiple occasions, you know, even doing the Final Four tour back in the day was just like, let me get to some of these uh, college basketball games and go around and, and, and be a part of that as well. So, yeah, whenever I can align sports with what I'm doing on the road or just with my music in general, it's a win. That's so smart, dude. You know, you think of screenwriters who want to go make a movie in Bora Bora, so they go write Couples Retreat, right? So Ashley's <laughs> like, oh, I want to go to college sporting events with the hookup. Let me just write a college anthem that will right. be around for generations. No when you go back and think of that time in your life, are there? it's such a blur, obviously, but are there any shows or any schools that do stand out as having separated themselves from the rest? Because you must have done so many. Yeah, it's really tough. And again, that time you're moving so fast. I will kind of at this moment give a shout out to Marquette. You know, being out there in Milwaukee and, no doubt. and Mark. Yeah, just as a uh, Brockman looks so confused in studio right now. By the way, <laughs> yo, just a uh, just a a uh, a good host to what we to what we were up to. Um, yeah, dude, there's just so many. Florida State is a lot of fun. Once you start getting down there in Florida, we've burned some couches in, at Florida University as well. It's a little lawless down there in Florida. I'm sure everybody knows. <laughs> um, so there's, there's a lot of stories that we won't get into right now. But, yeah, there's, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to just kind of use, use sports as a way to also see cities. You know, but getting to Detroit and, and seeing how Detroit has their city lined up with with Comerica Park, and then you've got Ford Field right there, too. So, you know, um, it's, a, it's a really great way to explore a city. I mean, even a big shout-out to Chicago. I think, it's, I think it's really cool when some of these parks are right there in the city. Now, Philadelphia specifically, uh, you know, I love Citizens Bank Park and, and the Link as well, and they have their own little section down there in South Philly. And it's a, it's a great way to come visit Philadelphia, start in South Philly, see what's going on here and, and then make your way through. So up, up broad street, if you, if you want to go that route. And obviously as a Giants fan, I would, I would say Oracle park's the most beautiful ballpark in, in the country. Why is it so gray out is the new album. Asher Roth joins the show. Ben Lyons filling in for rich on the rich Eisen show. Um, I would be remiss without talking some Philadelphia 76ers with you and what's going on with uh, the state of affairs happening. I know TJ, a big Sixers fan in my life as well. Please believe it. Just continue to knock on that door, huh? Nobody's answering. You can't get inside. Uh, what's happening? Oh, come on now. TJ, you go, man. You go. <laughs> you know, it, it's great, right? Because now we, we got the news that James Harden took a, you know, talk about a hometown discount. He really did. People were expecting he could have got $47 million. People were thinking mid, maybe high 30s. He took 32 Well, obviously, for us normal people, that's an extravagant amount of money. But for someone it's in that position. going to deeply impact the economies of Houston, Las well, Vegas, I mean, yeah, Atlanta. We're going to be suffering. But think about the influx of single-dollar bills that are now going to be uh, trafficked into the Philadelphia and surrounding areas. <laughs> and how many um, lovely young ladies will be helped 
Well, their education will be graduation helped. rates are yeah. going to be through the roof. Yeah, yeah their, their education will be helped uh, getting paid for by by James Harden. But yeah, it's it's great. Now we got a little bit more flexibility. What's happening in Philadelphia with the process, Asher Roth? Huh? Did you, is it over? Is the process done? Oh yeah, the process is dead. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, you know, and again with these big men, you have you have small windows, you know. So the win now, I do like that. You know, Embiid was kind of like, hey, I need some muscle on this squad. And they went out and got exactly what he was talking about. But PJ Tucker, know, for me, yeah. yeah, so with PJ, it feels like, you know, might be a little three years too late. I do not really love when franchises are reactive. You know, I kind of always dig when it's like a year too early than a year too late. No doubt. I kind of feel like the Sixers are on a year too late rhythm right now. But we'll see what we can do. Obviously, defense is extremely important. Um, and, and James Harden playing with the dog in him is going to be really important for us this year. Obviously, I know they didn't get much time to play uh, together. You know, I don't know as, a, as like any professional basketball player might, would obviously be way more equipped to talk to you about it, but how much time it actually takes to, to gel. Uh, so, 24 games uh, Harden yeah. was in Philly, so. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what I got to witness as, you know, um, I'm admittedly not an enormous James Harden fan. And so what I got to witness when you start to watch him is how ill of a passer he is was just like yo this dude has serious court vision and was creating plays and now what i think a lot of sixer fans wanted was to alleviate some of the stress on Embiid and just kind of get those like you know 46 points a game um but you know i think we have to take the reality of where james is in his career and you know take the good and the bad of his game right now and and hopefully we can add a little bit more muscle and you know a couple more scoring threats uh, Obviously, I saw the movie Hustle. I don't know if you guys saw Hustle with Adam Sandler. No, no. Yeah. The, a, a little bit of love that he threw on the 76ers as well. Um, and so, you know, as far as how far we've come and when the process started and when Michael Carter-Williams was winning Rookie of the Year, you know, we're much farther along the path now. But I would say, you know, this window, the window is closing, so to speak. You know, it's, it's opened and now it is starting to close. Ash, Ash, with hustle too. It's another in the long line of inept Philadelphia front office mistakes. We had Bo Cruz. He was right there. He was in house, yeah. and we let him he go right to there. the Celtics. Like, yeah, it's like come I on, man. I love that. I love that too. As far as the writing is concerned, at going to the Celtics, and so you know, I know Jason Tatum kind of not having a strong playoff helped me a little bit better, but. I'll tell you what, if it was it was Tatum and Embiid, that would that would feel pretty good. So it's the bane of my existence. Dude. You, get, you get a strong Marquette shout out, a Michael Carter Williams rookie <laughs> of the year nod, and, and some good TJ Jefferson college memories. I'm into it. Astro, I appreciate you taking some time, man. Where are you uh where are your travels taking you next? I feel like you're always in like Denmark or Sweden or just somewhere mad cute. <laughs> yes. Mad cute is how I like to say. But uh <laughs> What uh, we're gonna head out to actually, you know, Detroit, the Midwest for a little bit. We'll be in uh, Detroit. We'll be in uh, Chicago and a couple shows out there in October. That's actually an exclusive. I haven't announced those yet. And you know, we're right here in Philadelphia. We have Sunflower Philly. So if anybody's interested in that project, it's sunflowerphilly.org. It's just a a community park that we started. That's also a music venue for art and sustainability projects as well. Nonprofit that. We've been working on day to day for the last three years. It's been it's been tricky because you know for me and TJ knows. By the way, for some reason I thought you were asking me about Tony Jefferson, the 49er safety. So <laughs> this is a this is the problem with uh, with uh, call in interviews is that I can't see TJ and give him a hug. So of course I know TJ from 
the the uh, the comedy and, and uh, art side of things, not the athletic side. But shout out to <laughs> no, Tony. nobody shout nobody to- knows CJ from the athletic side of things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shout out to, shout out to Tony Jefferson. Sure. Um, uh, but but yeah, so we'll be running around. But for the most part, my heart right now is in is in Philadelphia and you know artist development and really making sure that artists who are coming into the world in this capacity right now in the internet around 16, 17, 18 years old, getting a break, what it might be is just making sure they're kind of prepared and, and, um, and have some, some warning signs ahead of, hey, look out for this and check out for this. So uh, that's very important to me. And, uh, you know, TJ knows very well how long of a, of a and crazy a game it is, you know, no up in, the, in the music industry, starting in Atlanta and now back here at home. Reinvention, the path to self-discovery. Asher Roth, always working on new cool stuff. Thanks so much, dude, and enjoy this Rams repeat. My boys, have fun, man. Go Niners. <laughs> Thanks, dude. All right, Asher Roth joining the show. I love, I love uh, Brockman just lighting up on the Marquette shout-out. <laughs> out of all the was, party schools. I was schools. pretty excited about the MCW shout-out. He did, yeah, he, he kind of that, that got By the way, going also, he, did I hear him correctly? He said Jason Tatum struggled in the playoffs. If 26, 7, 6... And not enough, Brockman. It's not enough, Brockman. Then I want to struggle every day. It's of not my enough life. to get that superstar status. Not right. yet. Knocking first, on the door. First team All NBA. He's a superstar. <laughs> um, all right, we got uh, we got this list of uh, uh, the top ten highest paid athletes in North America. Some of the names might surprise you, and there's something you can take away from this list if you're thinking about what your team should do, whether it's football or the NBA or even Major League Baseball, how do you go out there and build a championship roster? Well, let's take a look at the top 10 highest paid players in North American sports right now. We'll get a little insight. Plus, we got Adnan Verk joining the show, Danielle Robe. We've got TJ's list of greatest NBA players for every team of all time. We're going to do that yep. just like you did with football. Football, yeah, we'll know uh, who else. So. Brockman, you got something you're cooking on as well? Some segment you're working on over there? Reaction Overreaction Monday. Monday. This is our big thing on Monday. By the Mondays, way, man. happy 7-Eleven, everybody. I yes. can't believe it took almost an hour to talk about that, but... Happy 7-Eleven, folks. Too many days. Every day is not a day, right? <laughs> but it's this is literally 7-Eleven. Every day is mean? a day. You got to celebrate a taco day. You got a waffle day. You got 7-Eleven yeah, day. Yeah, but those days yeah. don't make sense. This makes sense. It's every day is a day. once seven, a year. Every day. 7-Eleven. Oh, and at 7-Eleven, it'll be 7-Eleven twice on 7-Eleven. Do you know that? It's free, well, the time. Yeah, but we get free Slurpees, oh, bro. Yeah. Free Slurpees at 7-Eleven yeah. today, people. Like, come on now. Then then you find yourself leaving 7-Eleven drinking a Slurpee, so joke's on you. Um, <laughs> all right, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen joke's Show. We'll be right back. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Oh, welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich all week long on the Rich Eisen Show. A week I've been looking forward to for months. You guys put up the bat signal, I think, right around the Super Bowl. Thanks. I know Rich likes to take a week off after the Super Bowl, so I was kind of trying to invite myself back on the show. <laughs> and I didn't get the call up, but you guys said, hey, how about July? Thinking, let's just kick it down the road. And I think I went to Delta.com that night, bought the fights, and here we are. So let's do it. I'm excited. Bro, um, let's put it this way. Ben has been cultivating a guest list since uh, mid-March. Late March. We got some surprises this yeah. week. Yeah, we definitely have some different folks. I'm saying that's how by. long you've been thinking about. Yes, this. absolutely. I was like, hey, uh, what are you doing in four and a half months between nine and twelve on the West Coast? You want to talk about the highest paid players in North American team sports? I saw this on Boardroom, Rich Kleiman and, and Kevin Durant's media company that is a really good follow on Instagram. Gives they you a lot are, of stuff. They are a good Instagram follow. Can't confirm. Turning a little like like uh, Robin Leach with some of the homes and the real estates. I saw a mansion in Hong Kong sold for $111 million. I was just looking Not at that exactly sure brand. that has to do with sports business, but I, was, I guess we're expanding the I brand. That's fine. just looking at that in the break. It's like six pools, really? It, it This thing literally looks like a hotel. Wait, that's a house? Yeah, that's one guy's house. No, it's not. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. a, that's a resort, B. <laughs> yeah, there's like a photo of the concierge like in the house. Anyway, wow. I digress. Um, they put up a list of the top 10 highest paid athletes in American team sports. And I am all for athletes getting paid. I think for the most part, despite the high salaries, they're often over, they're often underpaid and they're overexposed. And there are a million people who want a million things from them. So go out there and get your money. Um, But I think there's something that when you look at this list of 10 and you're looking at your own teams and how they choose to invest in athletes, you might start to see a correlation between winning and, and spending bread. At number 10, it's the Browns, Deshaun Watson. That's disgraceful. I mean, we, we can get into the Deshaun Watson stuff later, but this is a joyful show, and, and I want to try to bring some light into the universe this week. That is just dark and toxic and negative energy. Number 10, the Browns are not going to win anything from that deal. At number nine is the Nets, Kevin Durant. What have they won? They won as many playoff games as the Knicks did last year. He didn't play for one of the years. And the second year, they didn't get out of the second round. Now, he played great. If he had a smaller foot, maybe they get to a conference finals. But they didn't. And they haven't won anything. And now their franchise is in the toilet. And they have no idea what's going to happen in the next five years. They got swept. But who, I forget who they got swept by this year. I really I don't for, remember I really that either. Peyton Pritchard and the Boston Celtics. There you go. If, if you were like still a single man and you were out in Boston, would you tell people you were related to Peyton Pritchard to try to like get some I would some probably love? tell them I am. Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> at, at number eight, it's Jimmy Butler. And, and I like the deal for Miami. Um, Miami's the one NBA franchise that can cut huge checks to players that, and it doesn't work out and they're okay. Like Tyler Johnson, here's $50 million and it just doesn't matter. Duncan hey, Duncan Robinson, Robinson yeah. here's 120. It just doesn't matter. I don't know why Miami can do this, um, but Jimmy Butler deserves every penny. And that, that is a deal on this list that I would sign off on. Embiid at number seven. We love Joel Embiid. Do we do? Availability is a skill set. I can't count on him to be available. I can't pay him $50 million a year to maybe show up and play hopefully. They're not winning anything with the process. I'm sorry there, TJ. I mean, it's another deal. How about Bradley Beal at $50 million? What are the Wizards winning? What are the, you know what I think of often when I, when I think of Brockman when people say, what are we doing here, people? <laughs> I feel like that's become your signature phrase in a lot of ways. I love saying that. Say that what are we doing weekend. here? What are we doing here? Peltufo will claim that it was his phrase that Brockman adapted. Probably. Yeah. The idea is to no. win, right? 50 million. I love Bradley Beal. Great player. 
if Brockman had walked into the Washington Wizards front office meeting and simply said, folks, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Stop. I think the Wizards would be back in the playoffs. Get it together. Get it together. Um, At number five, Aaron Rodgers. Like We come on this show uh, every summer now and we talk about the state of the Packers and Aaron and the the most hyped up one-time winning quarterback in the history of the NFL. Without well, Joe Namath, but yes, I mean, there's more hype on Aaron's greatness than there is on Joe's. Joe is looked at for that one Super Bowl He's in the and hall. for a Joe, great Joe, career. Yeah, Joe's in the Hall of and, Fame on one win, right, bro? Joe Joe Namath won Super Bowl in '69. This is 2022. We're still it talking feels about like Aaron so. Rodgers won a Super Bowl in '69. <laughs> so, but he has. By the way, he has only been to one. Russell Wilson has at least been to two. All right, Steph Curry, obviously worth it. Yes, changed the game. Except I coached at a basketball camp last week in the Hamptons. Um, the kids were a lot tougher than you might think. And uh, <laughs> the, the amount of three-point shooting from 12-year-olds from 30 feet is disgusting. It's re- Steph, it's, Steph it's absolutely ruined ridiculous. the game. Okay. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Hot take, Steph ruined the game? <laughs> ruined the game. Because guess what? Not everybody's Steph Curry. Steph Curry has a, has a skill set. That he, wow. The man's been blessed by God. Also, everyone can on, the, on the youth level and, and the pickup game. Like I played in the park last week, and some guy did some Steph Curry shot, and he, and he missed it. And I pulled him aside. I said, listen, if you make that shot with any consistency— you should be making like a mid-level exemption, at least in the NBA. You should not be on 76 in Riverside playing four-on-four half-court with me in a Bonzi Wells jersey. Um, at number three, Nikola Jokic, $54 million. Listen, all my friends love this man. They think he's the greatest thing coming out of Serbia since beige food. I am not a Jokic guy. They're never going to win not? anything. No. What do you, you mean? His two, he's best such players, a, no. his two best teammates didn't play no. this year. This That's man was kicked out of an elimination game for a, a pushing somebody in the playoffs two years well, ago. Got pushing, swept out of the playoffs. Pushing is putting it lightly. Right. Exactly. He, he tried to like murder a Morris twin. Like I'm yeah, just man, not into Jokic. I think he has a ceiling for, for his greatness. I don't think he can elevate his team to get to that next level. And the same is probably true for the two guys in the top of this list for the boardroom highest paid players in North American T-Sports. Shout out to Jess Holt over at CAA, one of the best agents in the game. But I think the, the Phoenix Suns are going in the wrong direction. And I think Carl Anthony Towns is not the best player on his own team and he's making the most money in the NBA. It makes no sense. Devin Booker, the Suns are going in the wrong direction? I think so. They went to the NBA Finals, and they went to the second round, and now I mean, they're either gonna going to be in this KD and... thing, and they're in just a different direction. And You don't think if... something weird happened with that team in the playoffs this year? I've heard some things. Yeah, I know. So I think that's, COVID, what, that's what I'm saying. You think that's what it really was? Something weird happened. You don't just win 60, what they win, 63 games? Yeah, but when your point guard is 38 and uh, attributes his greatness to beyond meat, I think it's not a sustainable <laughs> business model. Also, remember, though, the point guard had two bad games, though, guys. Remember the game before? Terrible. But Luka destroyed those But he had, remember the game he went, like, 16 for 16 or whatever? Right, he had, like, a perfect basketball game. And then the next two or three games were awful, but... Don't you think that, like, we should give Chris Paul the benefit of the doubt there, that there is something weird that happened? Suns in the Western Conference Finals next year or, or, or not? Do they have Kevin Durant? I'm asking that right now in July. They're a different team if they have Kevin Durant. It's a different conversation. Revisionist history, cold takes might say like, oh, Ben said they're terrible. Well, yeah, they got Kevin Durant and no. they brought, uh, you know, Earl Monroe took a, a limitless pill and he's playing for them. Man, I could have like, used a grip of them pills, bro. <laughs> Earl 
Like the pearl? Or yeah, 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 sure. Okay, it's a different conversation. Um, uh, uh, the Suns are still very good at basketball. They're still the a very point good I'm making team. with all this is that if you look at this list of guys, it's a lot of noise and a lot of greatness, amazing players, not a lot of championship rings. And I don't know if there's a direct correlation. You want your team to be investing in winning. You want your team spending money on the best players of the sport. But I think there's something like five championships on this list. Out of, you know, out of 10 guys who should be making, making all this money, I would expect more than four of them are Stephs and one's Aaron's. And so the right. teams with the highest paid players and the teams that try to construct their team with the biggest stars and some Schmendrakes, it just doesn't work out in today's sports landscape. Look, yeah. at, the, look at the Angels. Oh, yeah, of course. Right, we talk about that. Well, I don't understand. They lost again yesterday to the Orioles. Like, how does that? The Orioles, hottest team in baseball. Yeah, they are the fire right now. greatest player since Mickey Mantle and the greatest two-way player since, the only two-way player since Babe Ruth, and you're in the toilet. They so, lost 14 games in a row. It's something deeper than that. We're going to try and figure it out this week. You know, I am Ben Lyons on Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. I really like the community you guys have built here. I, I genuinely oh, mean you. that. Uh, for the majority of my career, I grew up in the entertainment business uh, and around sports. Uh, I've worked in sports media now 25 years. Most of the fan interaction is pretty toxic and terrible. terrible. Like most people are really <laughs> nasty and mean and say hurtful things. So I appreciate <laughs> having gotten to know some of the folks who listen to this show, who watch on Peacock, who see the clips that TJ puts up on YouTube. Um, very positive tribe here. So looking forward to engaging with them all week and hopefully well, we can Mitchell figure this out. So of like, hey, what does it take to make a championship team? What's the sauce? What's that je ne sais quoi that these GMs and team presidents are chasing? And it's not just check cutting. It's not just saying who's the best player. I want the best pieces. And then going out there and rolling out a squad. You need Tom Brady. I mean, you got to have the best cheekbones. <laughs> you can have the cheekbones, crypto vitamins the guy loves solid colored clothing who loves solid clo who loves solid colored clothing tom more no tom oh. brady or mark Wahlberg. Oh, well, those guys one. love a very I think they're one and the same they're the strong same pastel solid colored t-shirt person i think <laughs> <laughs> is it a boston thing you guys all share just the love of but brady's from NorCal. solid colored yeah but it's so in him now you know is yeah, it, it's yeah. not I guess a boston a, thing he is a florida guy now what products can't Mark Wahlberg sell? Uh, we'll get into that later this week. <laughs> Adnan Verk going to be coming up in about 20 minutes. Talk some baseball, talk some movies. His love of Roger Federer, his hatred of Tom Cruise. We'll catch up with Adnan what? What? in a little bit. Rich Eisen Show coming back. Adnan yeah, you know, hates Tom Cruise. Hates Tom Cruise, hates Top Gun. Uh, he's uh, he's against all this conversation around Top Gun getting an Oscar nomination. Oh, that's preposterous. It, deserves, it, it basically should win Best Picture. Tom Cruise is inarguably the greatest movie star of all time. Did I tell you my Tom Cruise uh, Austrian story? No, nope, you're going to oh do God. it right now. So remember the movie Night and Day, Cameron <laughs> yeah. Diaz, yep. Tom Cruise? Funny yeah. movie. Tom Cruise, I was working at the E! Channel, and they had us do the press for the film. They had good chemistry. Amazing chemistry. That's why the film really became a classic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the junket was awesome. We went to Austria and to Sevilla where they shot the film. And we did all the stunts with Tom's like stunt guy. You know, he's got us on the rooftop doing all the stunts. Tom's cheering for everybody. Yeah, there's a guy from Kansas City like falling in Austria. Get up, man. You'll be on. He, this is how he did the interviews in Spain. Cameron Diaz drove a BMW while you rode shotgun chasing Tom Cruise on a motorcycle through the streets of Spain. And then you got into a town square in front of 2,000 people and interviewed him. Like it was so wow. Tom Cruise, right? And... 
I was just like so just in it and like excited to be in the uh, covering this this event and I found myself in this hotel room a uh, hotel uh, bathroom in Austria in the lobby and Tom Cruise was in there and I was like I want to quit what I do and come work for you why did I say that I don't know why I just <laughs> I literally was like, I, I want to stop being on TV and come work for you By and the make way, movies. That's like Jonah Hill and uh, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> you, you, you show me, me a check so for seventy thousand dollars, I work for you. And I was, and he was like, Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Like you love movies, like I love movies. Like high five, like Tom Cruise. I'm always excited. And I left. I, I genuinely thought, like, okay, this is my life sliding doors moment. This is how it happens. I'm like switching. And I got back upstairs. I was like, What just happened? No, I'm not. Quitting my I've worked my whole life to try to get on TV. I'm going no, go work for. What am I talking about? Just sucked me in. <laughs> the greatest movie star in the history of cinema. With but, but wait, you, I mean that's a that's a broad statement. No, he's the only one. He's no got one, the artistic credibility. He's gone there when he's needed to as an actor. Yep. He's got the big box office, obviously on the highest level. He's one of the great stuntmen, like Harold Lloyd the and Buster Keaton and Jackie Chan and all that. Yeah, yeah I was about Tom to say, Cruise is the greatest. I don't Jackie care about Chan all might have something that to say rocks. about that. Jackie Chan, out of his mind. Jackie Chan can't fly an F fourteen. How <laughs> he probably could back with more show coming <laughs> Are you up insane? next.